Well, welcome everybody. We welcome you back to the third installment of the Short Staff Podcast. Hey, that makes us a trilogy. This is the trilogy episode. Because uh, we're not, not the Trinity, but we could no, be a trilogy. No, we're not the Trinity. That is a fact. But um, <laughs> praise the Lord that uh, God the Father, Son, and Spirit has acted in our redemption. So we're redeemed beings here. I like what you did. Yeah, did you see what I did with that? That's yeah. pretty good. We welcome you if you're watching uh, online or got us through podcasts now through, uh, I know, on Apple and, and Android. Spotify. And Spotify. You yeah. can find us on there. We, wow. we encourage you to subscribe. And um, I never thought it'd last this long. Nope. It has lasted way longer than week. what you said. You, <laughs> I stand amazed. The faith that you have in uh, the staff here is just outstanding. Yeah, I don't set the bar too high. No. Uh, well, we are short. So, hey, today in uh, episode three, we're going to talk about just characteristics of the church, and um, I'm pretty excited about this time and, and looking at uh, defining the purpose of the church. And so, uh, Pastor TJ, uh, if you would, just give us a definition of the purpose of the church. This uh, episode is the first of, I guess, seven now that are going to hit characteristics of the church. That's and 10 minus three. That is 10 minus three. That's where we're at. <laughs> Episode three. It was pretty easy for me to figure <laughs> out. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to leave the math to you guys because I'm about a C minus guy when it comes to math. That's all right. So, we won't get too deep yeah. into math. Uh, but our first characteristic, it's very appropriate that uh, we want to first talk about uh, the purpose of the church um, that we are oriented to the glory of God. And uh, big word alert here. Uh, the church is, according to Greg Allison, orthodoxological. Ooh. Shut the back door. That's, wow. a, that's a, a big word. How many letters is that? <laughs> you know, I didn't count that. You You're going to have to break that one down for me. So about. ortho, O-R-T-H-O, uh, doxological, D-O-X-O-L-O-G-I-C-A-L. What was that? 20? I don't know. That's, I lost track. Like I said, um, I that'd be a Scrabble winner. Right <laughs> that, that, that is, that, man. That there, was, there's your uh, word for Scrabble. <laughs> if you could possibly hope to get that. That many letters. Many yeah. letters. Uh, to break that word down, though, doxo um, in uh, Greek is uh, glory. Do- doxazo is to give glory to. Ortho is correct or right. And what that word is trying to get at is that the church in our purpose for existing is to give God glory in the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, uh, it holds fast to the conviction that, that God is the only one who is worthy of our glorifying, and uh, God is the only one who can tell us how he is to be glorified. Yeah, he defines that. He defines That's it. Right. And so we go to his word. Because he's God. He right. is God, and we are not, and he has spoken. And, and so we go to his word, and I want to say that uh, our purpose is not altogether different from the purpose of Adam in the garden and the purpose of Israel. And I'm going to look at two texts here. Uh, Ephesians 4 and 2 Corinthians 5, because in these two texts, you have uh, the, the word ministry used with respect to specifically the purpose of the church. And what they're going to convey are two, I guess, directions mm-hmm. um, in our service to God. So the first is internal, like in-house, um, within the covenant community, um, we are to be worshiping God together as the covenant community when we come together 
worship God together and grow up together. And so this is the concept of building up, so internal within the covenant community. Ephesians 4, um, Christ, the ascended Christ, has given its church leaders, verse 12, uh, for the equipping of the saints for the work of, there's that word ministry, and here's the purpose, to build up the body of Christ. And there's a goal here. It says, until we reach unity in the faith, in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into a maturity, and the standard here is Christ's fullness. And so we as the church, we are being built up, um, and the goal is to reach a maturity level that is marked by Christ's fullness. And how do we do that? It's when all the saints are working together, is the end of this section here, by the proper working of each individual part, it promotes growth in the body, Right. And uh, you can look even specifically, what, what is it for mm-hmm. the, the, the saints to be working properly? It's to speak the truth in love. Mm-hmm. And, and so um, whenever we come together, we're to be building up in, in maturity, uh, in Christ-likeness. And, uh, and so that's our first purpose uh, as the church is internal. And then the second is now that we are together, now that we have been um, worshiping God together, we are then to expand. Um, in 2 Corinthians 5, uh, we have again the, the word ministry used. So kind of beginning in verse 17, anyone in Christ is a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. And then he says, everything is from God who has reconciled us to himself through Christ. And then he's given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Think about that. Yeah, so we are joining now in God's work. He's already reconciled us to himself, Mm -hmm. and now he's given us that ministry, and this is how we carry it out. As ambassadors for Christ, God is making his appeal through us, is verse 20. So we plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So... Uh, we come together as God's people, as his covenant community, and we worship him, and, uh, and we, we grow up into maturity together, and then we then have that expansion. And so we got the two, right. two directions. So we got upward uh, within the covenant community, and then we expand outward. And this is exactly what was laid at Adam's feet. Right? First, you have the ministry within the garden. You're to keep and you're to work it. Mm-hmm. And so you're to obey the word of God. You're to subdue. Uh, creation and then as you get your worship of god right within the garden you are to be fruitful multiply and fill the earth and you have the expansion same with israel Mm -hmm. once you inherit the land you you obey the word of the the lord and and you and you grow up and then you are to be a light into the nations right which they failed at. Which they failed at. Which adam failed at he failed at first obeying the word i know one who didn't fail Christ. There is the one. Second Adam, the true Israel. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, the true Adam, the true Israel. He came, um, but it all begins with where this goes awry. Whenever we mess up, it's because we failed the first part. Mm-hmm. Right. We we fail at obeying the word, and and pursuing well, God. Right. And so then we don't even get to the expansion. Adam never got to the expansion in the the way that the Lord intended. Israel never got at the expansion the way that the Lord intended. And where a lot of churches go awry is whenever they, they fail to understand this, this first part is that the, the church is for, the, is for believers. Right. Yes. Uh, we, we have a seeker-sensitive yeah. movement 
which has just infected everyone's understanding of That's the church. That's been going on for it's been going on for a long time. Where it, there's a there's a right motive hidden in there, where we want non-believers to come in and to hear the gospel, right? right? But that, there's a difference in attending church absolutely, and being, and the, being church. the church. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's a misunderstanding there when it comes to evangelism too. That is with an understanding that okay, my pastor preaches the gospel. I want them to hear the gospel. Mm-hmm. Whereas Ephesians right. 4, we as the leadership that Christ has appointed in his are body to are the to saints. equip the saints for that ministry. Yeah. And, and so that we, ministry is a ministry of reconciliation. It's a ministry Every of reconciliation, yeah. the expansion. So it begins right. with we come together, we worship the Lord. Right. The, the non-believer, we want them to come in and, and to hear the gospel preached. But this is first and foremost for believers to worship God and to be built up and equipped so that we can send you out. Right. And then as people come to faith, mm-hmm. they then come into the, the covenant community and worship God. Right. Absolutely. And we, yeah. we should, our worship services, when we gather in our gatherings, they should look different than the world. That's right. And oh. uh, it, it should, well, there I is one sense yeah. where they, 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 they're going to feel a sense of, of being uncomfortable because be. it's it should be yeah, yeah. not not that we were trying to make uh, them uncomfortable but there's a distinction between men and women who are filled with the spirit of mm-hmm. God and those who are not and there there should be a reflection within the gathering the, of a people who are captivated yes, by God's the glory gospel is inherently opposed to to the sinner I mean, right. in the sense that they they are resisting the truth and right. they're they're opposed to the truth and so it's going to be foolishness to them well, no one, no one in Scripture ever has an encounter with a holy God and feels good about themselves. That's right. right. Yeah. And so when we talk about our worship service, when, when it is focused upon God, and rather than it being focused upon man, the mm-hmm. audience, then no, they're not going to be comfortable. And, and we even who are redeemed understand our own sin nature and there's an uncomfortableness and there should be we a sacredness. Yeah. Yeah. And so because we need to be repentant. Also. Absolutely. Right. Because absolutely. you look at, uh, even the disciples, you know, I think about revelation one, when John, John who had been up close leaning at the, the breast of Jesus in the upper room mm-hmm. now sees the glorified Christ mm-hmm. and it's not high five and, you know, handshake time. It's on your face before him. That's right. And so there, I think we've lost sight of the holiness of God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you talk about the, the purposes of the church, without question, the word of God mm-hmm. is, uh, is central to everything that the church is to be about. Yeah. It is, you know, the, the concept that, that many people have when they look at the church, you even hear it in, in being repackaged today, is that somehow the church created the word when the reality is it has always been the word that creates the people of God. All the way from, All the the way from Genesis, the Genesis 1. Yeah, yeah. everything is about spoke. it's God's word mm-hmm. that creates the people of God, not the people of God creating the word. Mm-hmm. And when you get those things in reverse order, mm-hmm. then you're able... Uh, you're, you look at the scripture then, and you can disconnect Jesus from the Bible. You can disconnect Old Testament from New Testament. You, you go really awry when you fail to understand that the church did not give birth to the Word. The Word of God gave birth to the church. Mm-hmm. And uh, when Paul in, uh, was writing to Timothy, you know, he said, All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training 
in righteousness so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Mm -hmm. And remember when he wrote this, there were no chapter and verses. And his next thing, preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. So the church has the greatest gift. I mean, the, the word of God in our language for us to be able to be building upon um, is just such a tremendous gift of God. Yeah. And we are, we are not, we can be an organization, you can have a lot of people, but if you're not seeking to uh, surrender your life to the principles of the word, if you're not seeking to build upon the word of God, you're not a church. That's right. Yeah. I think you brought a couple things. Uh, one, reading the Ephesians 4 passage and, and building up the body of Christ is through, and you, you talked about the word this, of God. Yeah. through the first element yeah. of worship, right. uh, which is preaching and teaching, which is, is primary. Yes. Yeah, but don't I, you I love, think this is a misnomer? When people hear worship, what do they think? <laughs> I think it's singing. singing. That's We're going to talk about that because that's an element of worship. It is, but it's not. But so is the word. Why do we need the word? Why do we need to be built up? And verse 14, well, it's speaking the truth in love so that we grow up in every way into he, he who is the head into Christ. Yeah. But it's so that we may no longer be children tossed, tossed to, to and fro. And fro. Uh, by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine and by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful scheme and deceitful schemes. So, because of the fall, we're prone apart from God's word, mm-hmm. and even with God's word in our own thinking, interpreting it how we want to, <laughs> you know, right. and just doing whatever we want to. No, we need to we need to be tethered to uh, uh, like a football. It's got the you know, we're coming into football season. If they get to have that or not, I'm not sure. But that binds that pig skin together. It always comes down to chickens or football with you. Don't no, you know? I do like both. I like to <laughs> have chickens. Yeah, yeah. I like to eat their eggs, and I like to eat chicken as well. So fried chicken and football is good. When, when but Paul, being tethered when Paul, to the being yeah, when tethered Paul's to the writing word. here to to Timothy, right before the all scripture is inspired, he says it was the scriptures, the sacred mm-hmm. writings. That made you wise unto salvation. Amen. Amen. Apart from Scripture, we, we have no know. ability to know to God, know God to know or to know nature. our sin nature yeah. to be born again. So, how right. primary is God's word? Absolutely. It is. It is essential. Absolutely. And when we're jumping ahead of podcasts, but the sufficiency of the Scriptures is what right. is everything to yes, us, it and it is sufficient. And Absolutely. all we need in godliness. Yeah. And in salvation and, and pursuing And that God goes with both directions of our purpose in our corporate right. internal worship as a covenant community. And the word is central in our expansion right. ministry and, and gospel expansion. Right. So you, you'll have a people who are, who are spiritually anemic if there is not a solid um, exposition of Scripture right. on a consistent basis. You know, you don't eat one meal a week and think physically you're going to be able to go... Mm-hmm. You, you got to be spending time in the Word of God, and it's the Word of God not only who creates the people of God, but sustains the people mm-hmm. of God. And so, praise the Lord that you know, in my lifetime, as long as I've been doing this, that there has been a a revival take place of of expositional preaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think Southern <laughs> Seminary has been a great proponent of that Praise the Lord. and has brought a centrality uh, of the pulpit and of 
you know, the scripture, allowing the scripture uh, to say what the scripture says mm -hmm. so that the point of the message is the point of the text. That's right. Getting back to as close as we can to the author's intended meaning and then from there moving to application rather than simply, you know, uh, storytelling and, and what does this mean? Have a moralistic Old Testament stories that don't have any connection point. Mm -hmm. So okay. you, I think we would all agree then that the first element of worship is the is the the preaching and the teaching of God's word. Yes, because uh, it's the it's as you right. say many times well, in the Ephesians it's the word passage, of God that that mm -hmm. builds the people. Of God, in the Ephesian passage, one of the gifts that He gave to the church mm -hmm. was pastors, pastors and teachers. teachers. Yeah, yep. right. So that is that's primary, and then also secondly would be a singing. Yes. You know, when you hear worship, what is worship? We do think of singing yeah. often, right? right. Uh, and we've we've grown up. You grew up. Worship wars. Worship wars. So we could. I mean, that could be a whole podcast. And we right. got. There's some funny stories about worship wars, but which is that's contradictory. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. yeah. But uh, you know, singing and and but what type of singing is is worship meant to be based upon the scriptures uh, a singular thing. Uh, Yes, we can worship the, the Lord uh, individually. Yeah, it's like solos. You're Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> sure. But when we gather, what kind of singing? It was congregational yes. singing. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and several texts that, that highlight that. One is Psalm 95. One to five is, is the, the people gather and sing praise to the Lord. The second, go, go along in Ephesians 5, uh, verses yeah. 18 to 20. Mm -hmm. There's know. diversity in that verse, too. Huh? There is diversity. Absolutely, of singing there. Absolutely. So you, and you think about when you're we're here in Ephesians four, five. We're now working out as a new covenant community, mm -hmm. the one another's of Scripture, and that's that's what Paul says here in um, in verse uh, eighteen through twenty, um, verse nineteen. I'll pick up. It says, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence to Christ. And right. so the whole of church of Ephesus was commanded to build one another up mm -hmm. and, and through praise of God, through song, uh, to be singing to mm -hmm. one another. So it's important to be able to hear one another. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's part of... Uh, I would say that's also, so where does that originate from? What? In the leadership of the church, ourselves as pastors, as shepherds, we give leadership to that. Um, and praise the Lord for our brother Grant, uh, who chooses songs then that facilitate right. and uh, when he's not, that are edifying. When he's not throwing us under the bus. When he's not throwing, there'll be probably an outtake video probably. that'll have, you know, some yeah. of Dumb stuff we say. I think we've been on, on good behavior this yeah, podcast. We've tried to be well, on you, good you behavior. You got close. You, you said you But you never talk, know when he's recording. He was talking about the, the in house. I was yeah. afraid he was going to go to the outhouse. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, then, yeah, right. see, there you go. I mean, that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But well, that, so we move on. Probably uh, the greatest flaw, what you've been speaking of, uh, is probably the greatest flaw of that worship model where you have a band, like a full set band, yeah. and then you've got the people here with the lights cut off. They're just audience right. at that point. Right. Right. They're, right. they're just listeners, and, and which is 
uh, heading down a different path and purpose from what we get from Ephesians 4, where we are to be together right. In, right. in unity and then cool. also centered on the Word. And so if our songs reinforce our theology that the, that scriptures give us yeah. and is something as a joint endeavor in the praise right. of the Lord that is so much more in keeping with Ephesians 4 and 5 absolutely and there's something about seeing one another yeah. it's hard to do that in the dark yeah but it's the seeing the congregation here in the congregation there's an affirmation especially if the songs are um, reaffirming what we're seeing and, and hearing from God's word right. that it builds you up. It encourages you. Absolutely. As well, I you hear know. my brother singing, right. you know, how firm a that's foundation. Right. That's right. Like, I'm not alone in this thing. We're together. Um, yep. And well, I remember the first time we went to the T4G conference. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and there you got 10,000 men mm-hmm. gathered in the Yum Center, mm-hmm. just one piano, one piano down in the center. And all of these men singing the great hymns of the faith. Uh, oh, I mean, you don't you don't need anything. That's one of my favorite yeah. worship experiences. That's an awesome. And yeah. the whole thing about the lights—that's uh, not being dogmatic. That's just right. making possible what the Bible yeah, is saying. Yeah, I think saying. so. Right. Yeah, yeah, I think so as well. Yeah. I I love um, I love what uh, what Mark Dever says here. He says that the more accurately applied scriptural theology phrases and allusions, the better. Because the word builds the church, and the music helps us remember that word, mm-hmm. which we seem so quickly to forget. And you think Amen. about you think about songs; it helps us to remember, right? It, well, it, you can hear people a, you learn theology through music. Through music, absolutely through singing. The, the Psalms, the people of Israel right. did. And the old we hymn writers now. knew that, you right. know, and yeah. the, so they were intentional about saturating every verse. Mm-hmm. With theology, because they knew they were teaching theology to their people. Right. Mm-hmm. As they and I, I tell you, as I was as I was thinking about this and looking in the scriptures, it's interesting. After the Lord's Supper, both in Matthew yeah, and sang, Mark, they sang a hymn and that they sang a hymn and departed. Yeah, that's right. So they sang together. Right. The truth of what they just experienced together, mm-hmm. you know, and right. which they didn't get fully then, mm-hmm. <laughs> but now we do. And so, man, it is. Uh, you know, it is important that we sing congregationally together, and uh, that, that's uh, that's another element of worship that we see um, in our gatherings, and mm-hmm. and also prayer. You know Amen. how that leads into to prayer. Carrying out our purpose, we we preach and teach. We're centered on the word, and we sing the word. together. We sing the word together, and then prayer. And I I love. Uh, Dr. Donald Whitney's book, Praying the Bible, because that also right. carries the Word of God into our prayer life. Um, the, the Word of God and our prayer life have, have just historically uh, just been separate um, as, as Christians. We uh, kind of just take that more um, emotional, uh, personal. Um, I've got my prayer time here, and then I've, I've got my, my time in the Word here. And we, and we don't always bring those two together where we have the Word of God uh, inform our prayers. Uh, One of the greatest problems um, with our prayer life, uh, Dr. Whitney says, is the reason why we don't uh, pray as frequently as we ought to or as as long as we need to is because whenever we go to pray, we just pray the same old things about the same old things. Mm. And it's not a problem. And then, you know, we get frustrated. God, why why am I uh, having such a hard time with prayer? And then we... We then right. question, well, are, are, are we saved? And we get down on ourselves. It's like, no, it's not uh, something wrong with you per se. It's something wrong with your method. Is You've not incorporated the Word of God 
into your prayer life. And so one of the best practices that I've ever learned in my own personal devotion is picking up a psalm, and like the psalm of the day. There are, there are 150 psalms, roughly 30 days a month, and so through five months you can pray through the entire Psalter and just take the psalm of the day and um, read a little bit, and whatever the Lord prompts on your heart, throw that up to Him in prayer. And what I have found is I have been able to pray not only longer, uh, but uh, but with more depth, but God has, through His Word, dug out of my heart things that I would not have been able right. to search and find that I needed to lift mm-hmm. up to Him. Just be careful with the imprecatory psalms. you got to be careful with those <laughs> psalms. <laughs> yeah. so, you know, Lord, grind I'm, out their teeth. That's and, right. Yeah, that's Smite never, my yeah. enemies. Grabbing, grinding teeth has <laughs> never What you do with those is you write your sin into the, the object of, of that right. psalm. You don't... Yeah, we love our, our neighbor, <laughs> and we pray for those who persecute right. us, not yeah. pray against them. Yeah, those can be taken out of context. They can be, real yeah. quickly by yeah. crazy people. Yeah, um, and so <laughs> the Word of God ought to also be central in our, in mm-hmm. our prayers, and, and I commend that to you listeners mm-hmm. uh, as a practice that will, that will so bless you, mm-hmm. and not just you know, in the when, time. When Jesus but, taught you know, the disciples to pray, he, he really put the emphasis where it needs to be, and we do the reverse. He began with spending time worshiping God for who He is. That's our right. Father. That's right. He's our Father. He's holy. He's in heaven. And when we spend the, our, the first portion of our prayer time focused upon upon how big He is, how mm-hmm. sovereign He is, how good He is, how loving He is. Amen. By the time we get down to our personal request, mm-hmm. a lot of those things have just diminished. They have because well, we've been in worship in, of God. It puts them in perspective. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Not that because yeah. he is he's attentive to our needs. He wants to hear from us. Right. But they don't seem so big and overwhelming. They right. don't. Yeah, they're they're At not final. Right. They, they seem to be final in our lives. Prayer. Uh, Prayer is so essential yeah. in worship and in our gatherings as a people. Mm-hmm. Um, right. You know, mm-hmm. so it's important what we pray. It is you know? those sanctified and, prayer times. It's time yeah. that we set apart for the Lord to come together Absolutely. and to call on Him. And then we've got the the regular, just every day as you're going about uh, the way your your prayer with right. God, which is just mm-hmm. a reflection. Of the fact that, that, that you were in communion with God, mm-hmm. right. and never hang up that phone. Right. Mm-hmm. Your, your prayer right. life should be a phone that's Absolutely. always open. And I think you know a neglected prayer prayer life is living as though you believe you don't believe God is there. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Yep. Um, if you believe that that God is there, why would you not pray to Him? Mm-hmm. Why would you not keep that phone right. line open? Yeah. Um, the author of Hebrews says that you know faith. Is something that we must have, and and you can't please God without it because we must, at the minimum, believe that He exists. Right. And so, if and we, that He is a rewarder, and that He rewards those, those who, who seek Him. I think one of the things of that, I mean, not to get too far off, is I think people, uh, as we mature, Ephesians four, and we're built up, um, you know, people struggle because they don't see God mm-hmm. in front of them, so they're they're talking. <laughs> to the Lord, but they don't see Him. The the scriptures form who God Give us is. Give the vision of who God is. Absolutely, yeah. and so yeah. I think uh, as you mature, what happens inevitably is your is your prayer life um, grows. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is, you know, con- heard so many confess, and I will confess that that is one of the one of the areas that 
it seems to be the slowest to grow in many it times is, right. is sure. our prayer time. Yeah, um, we, and so, but that needs to be, a, struggle more. and it is an element and an element we can grow in even as a church and being more focused in prayer because it is, it is God that does the work, you that's know, right. by the spirit. And that's who we need to be calling on. I think about example of, of Spurgeon would have a, a prayer team during the service as he was preaching and they were conducting worship service. There would be there would be a people praying for the service and praying for um, uh, lost sinners, you know, to to confess and repent, and uh, you know, so it's important. Well, um, you know, the, when you think about the purposes of the church, and he, we we talked about the the passage where again we're to to equip the saints, do the work of ministry, and it's about the edification, the building up of the body. You know, on Wednesday nights, I'm teaching on spiritual gifts right now, and the spiritual gifts are for the common good. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what the diversity of the gifts are all given for the good of the one body. And um, when, when I think about uh, how the church is to serve and minister to one another in these areas, um, the writer of Hebrews makes this very clear. In chapter 10, you know, a lot of times we, we jump to verse 25, which is the not forsaking uh, the assembling together, and, and regardless of what prominent pastors they may say, these words are just as much as if Jesus spoke them himself. This mm-hmm. is God's, it's a command, it's an imperative in Scripture that we assemble together. Mm-hmm. I know we are having that debate in the midst of COVID, you know, does the church have to meet, should meet, whatever. Um, under normal circumstances, the church is an assembly, and the church is to meet and to assemble together. And here's why. He said in verse 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful and let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together as is the habit of some. So it was already happening in the first century Mm -hmm. and encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Mm -hmm. So the purpose of the gathering is what? Is to Stir stimulate Stir one another mm-hmm. to what? To love and good deeds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the, the whole uh, body coming together is to be a pep rally. I mean, mm-hmm. to encourage one another, mm-hmm. to hold one another accountable, to stir up the gift of God within us, uh, to, to use the gifts that God's given to the church to the common good to the building up of the body. Of as Christ. the as you wait the day that is drawing near, yeah, mm-hmm. there is a day coming. Absolutely, <laughs> right? yeah. Um, so those support. are four areas, mm-hmm. like large category headings. That that <laughs> it's so many as we things, planned that. It's yeah. almost as though we planned it. Um, but all of the explicit things that God has commanded His church to do can right. fit in one of those yeah. headings. Where, where we're preaching and teaching both within the covenant community and to those who are outside of it. Right. And, mm-hmm. and we sing together, we, we pray together, we serve together uh, within the covenant community, serving one another, carrying one another's burdens. And then as we go out right. and we're serving the, com- serving the community, being salt and light in right. the world, this is how uh, we carry out our purpose. And so the question then becomes, how, how can we then uh, get the rubber to the road. What are some practical implications of these four areas, categories of carrying out our purpose as the church? Mm-hmm. Pastor Zad, do you have something? Well, I mean, the what principles do we follow? Mm-hmm. So there's two that that are, that is uh, laid out for us: the regulative principle and the normative principle. Mm-hmm. 
The regulative principle states that everything we do in corporate worship and our corporate worship gathering must be clearly warranted by Scripture. Both of those sound good, by the way. What's that? Both of these. Regulative yeah. and normative. Exactly. Both sound good. Yeah. Yeah. From the first reading of it or hearing it, you hear normative and you think that would be really what we should hold to. What's normally... The definitions are different, though. They right? are definitely different. <laughs> so the regulative principle is that clear warrant in Scripture um, what, the, what the Bible explicitly says is... is uh, is or what's necessary a necessary implication of the text and so the what competes with that is the normative principle which was uh which was brought about by an anglican minister uh hooker i think is his last name uh, so i have my richard hooker hooker argued along with martin luther before him that as long as a practice is not biblically forbidden, forbidden. a church is free to use it in order to, in its corporate life and worship so in short, the regulative principle forbids anything not commanded by Scripture, whereas the normative principle allows anything not forbidden by Scripture. There is a distinction there. That's kind of That's hard right. to right. hear at the first level. Yeah. But this is how we conduct ourselves in our, our weekly ministries, in our, right. our, our daily life. What am I... Uh, allowed to do as a, uh, a Christian who's called by God to serve and worship Him, mm -hmm. should I only do those things that the Bible explicitly commands prescribes. Mm -hmm. or prescribes, right. or am I free to do anything as long as it's not forbidden? Right. Right. And the former is much more faithful. It puts the focus on Scripture right. versus our own freedoms. Well, God, right. God from the very get-go well, knew the tendency of our of our minds our imaginations, mm -hmm. and the very first commandments that he gave have to do, with, know, worship. Have to do with worship and yeah. not making other images and having icons and all these mm -hmm. things because he knew where we would go. That's right. We would go to the extreme. Mm -hmm. we, we would go to the very edge of the line, you know. Yeah, we would. And so I, I think that the regulative principle, even though we can't follow it, you know, strictly 100% all the time, it should be the driving force yeah. And the mindset that we have, because we don't want to do anything in worship that distorts God, uh, that diminishes the glory of God. Because when I think about the implications of all of this, it's for the glory of God. Amen. That's why we exist. That's why we're created. That's why the church exists, is to bring glory to him. And he is most glorified when we stay close to well, that's, the scripture. That's exactly right. And I think that's what we're all convinced of and uh, convicted by the scriptures is that we read the Bible, we preach the Bible, we sing the Bible, we pray the Bible, we see the Bible in the ordinances mm -hmm. of right. baptism and the Lord's yep, Supper laid out in our service. And so, uh, as you and when out, we say Bible, we're talking about old, old and, new. and new. Yeah, 66 words books. of Jesus and the words of Paul. Yeah, we're, not we're just talking, the red letters. We're talking about right. we do realize the whole. Scripture. You do realize right. yeah. that. In the beginning was the Word, and the right. Word was God, right. and the Word was right. with God, and the Word was made flesh, manifested before us. It, all, all of it is Him. Him. And so the Amen. Word of God drives the corporate worship of God. Amen. And so the Word of God drives everything in our life. I agree. Personal life and corporate life, corporate mm -hmm. body life. And so um, we need to remember that and, and, and understand the components of worshiping the Lord in our gatherings need to come from... God's word, and and we we see examples of that. Left to ourselves, 
you know, Cain killed Abel. Um, you walk through Old Testament example, the people would, were prone to wander, were prone, prone to turn. Um, we think about the golden calf mm -hmm. in Exodus. You know, Moses, Moses is on the mountain. Breaking, they're breaking the first commandment while he's <laughs> up on the mountain receiving yeah. it. Absolutely. And to them, they weren't doing anything that was expressly forbidden. No. Right. They had yet to hear that first right. commandment. Right. Yet, yep. if they would have followed, I'm only going to do what the Lord tells me to. Sure. Then yeah. uh, they would have steered clear of that error. Absolutely. Yeah. So <clears throat> thinking about implications of that, which we've already started talking about, and that that'll we'll unpack this more. I, I know for me, one implication would be um, the sufficiency of God's word that we need to be tethered to God's word and what it says we do. Um, we don't have to wait for. I know we talk about in missions. You know, oh, I need to. I'm not called. I need to wait for a call. Well, well, I'll wait for a call when He's given us commands. You know, and He's given us clear commands and clear elements in Scripture that we need to adhere to and to follow and hold close to. And so the sufficiency of the word and, you know, back to Hebrew, well, I'm going to take all the implications, but there's many, um, is, we, uh, is we speak this truth in love. Mm -hmm. uh, we speak God's word in love to the body of Christ. So Amen. What, what would you guys say? Well, my, what other The implication that I, that I would, it's on my heart, is the danger when we, abandon scripture uh we are left as a ship without a, an anchor we have no compass we have no moorings we're adrift with the culture when we untether mm -hmm. from the word of god right. and I, i'm seeing that more and more and more mm -hmm. and you know as someone who has has spent 40 years um trying to serve the lord by serving his church it's heartbreaking mm -hmm. uh, to see um, denominations. It's heartbreaking to see churches and individuals who come untethered mm -hmm. from the Word of God, and then it's just no time till they are adrift mm -hmm. uh, in this culture. And this culture is not going to be pushing you toward God. No. It's going to be taking you farther and further away from God. And as we, as we know, growing up in a post-Christian culture now, yeah. maturity in the Word... Uh, there's a lot of immature believers, not being judgmental, but that, that's, that's where we're at as a culture, in right. Christian culture. And so we need maturing, and it is, uh, and so what we need to give ourselves to is obedience to God's Word as, as leaders of His church, as pastors, um, as members of the body of Christ. We all are together in submitting to God's Word first and foremost, and that will that will grow us and mature us to make decisions then in the way the church, uh, in the way that we are governed, the way we're gathering, mm -hmm. what we're doing in our gatherings. It means yeah. something, and it's important, and it's not wasted. I bet you so, have a historical example I bet for you us. Do. You know, I do. Yeah. <laughs> I can see you waited with this, bated breath. I, I, man, I've been excited about this guy. George Mueller is uh, a guy oh, who came yeah. to my mind yeah. this time. George Mueller. Yeah, he was uh, born in 1805, and uh, he, he died right before the turn of the century. But uh, this brother, uh, he, he served in Bristol and uh, in, in other places. Bristol, no, um, England, England. Yeah, on, on the British Isles. <laughs> and he had a great uh, and expansive evangelistic ministry. But probably what he's most known for is his orphanages yeah. that he raised up and how he uh, pursued serving the Lord, glorifying God, 
in the ways that he prescribed by the means that God prescribed. Mm. So much so was this burden that the man never Never even asked, never did any fundraising, yet he was able to see over 10,000 orphans through the care of his orphanages, where whenever they would have a need or need to erect a new facility because there were more orphans that needed to be taken care of in the city, they would just pray. He Absolutely. and his staff would pray whenever they needed a new staff member. They'd pray. They didn't sell anything? They, they didn't never sell prayer sold anything. No prayer cloths, no fundraising, never, Holy mm, oil or never published their needs. God just provided. And I looked up um, how much uh, God provided for him and his ministry. Uh, and I had to get it from euros to dollars. But in his day, the equivalent of $1,770,000 was given uh, just by praying and asking the Lord. And that's what year? That how much? That's money? that's what the eighteen hundreds. <laughs> and so money, in today's Back terms, then. in yeah. today's terms, that's one hundred and six million two hundred thousand yeah. dollars. That that's a just couple dollars. Committing. I don't know to math, prayer, but that's more. Yeah, it's yeah. more than a couple. They could get me a yeah. private plane, wouldn't it? And then That's I, right. I heard. I mean, well, the, well, the brother died broke. Yeah, he Absolutely. kept none to because himself. Because it was man. nothing about him. It was yeah. all about the glory right. of God. Yeah, I heard it was under he like what he had in his bank account was eight hundred bucks or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, where I heard that at or yeah, where I read it. Yeah, but he died poor. I don't he know died the poor. exact figures. He laid out his life right. for uh, for others. He did. Right. Yeah, and he's got a book. It's it's actually uh, some of uh, his journals. Uh, on answered prayer, yeah. and so where he just lists Excellent. all the prayers that God answered for him. So committed Amen. to glorifying God, the means that God has prescribed. Right. Amen. Amen. Well, that's been a good conversation. Uh, there's uh, each one of these elements of worship we could have broke down, um, but uh, it's a good good overview of the purpose of the church. And I hope hope you've uh, found it encouraging. And so Amen. we thank you for listening. You think there'll be an episode four? We're going to shoot for that. Wow. Lord willing, we're going to our attendance is doubled prepare. in here. It is doubled in here. We've got uh, we have three <laughs> three attendees today. Our brother Absolutely. Nathan and Cameron and uh, yeah. our brother Grant. The crowd in the studio is growing. It is growing greatly. So we're uh, they heard about the gift bags. I think so. Yeah, that and the chocolate <laughs> we're giving them. So. Coffee, free coffee. Amen. Next week, uh, we'll look at uh, the characteristics of the church, uh, the, the, the centeredness on the word, so word-centeredness um, as a people uh, when we gather. So we invite you to uh, join us next time. Until then, God bless, and we'll talk to you soon. Whoa!